Well, only two more sleeps until the Las Vegas extravaganza gets us underway for the 2024 NRL season. It is a doubleheader at Allegiant Stadium. We've got the Seagulls taking on the Bunnies, followed by the Roosters and the Broncos. Now, look, our good friend Jaleesa Rapps from the Seven Network not only put the house on red, she has been painting the town red as well. Pleased to say she's on the line right now from Sin City. Hello, J.A. Hello, how are you going? Look, painting the town red is a bit of a stretch. I was on the Mandalay Bay rooftop yesterday at midnight, uh, sober as doing a live cross. That is <laughs> quite a sight to see in Vegas. Oh, sounds like another hangover sequel, the start of it anyway. But, you, but you've been you've been a busy woman. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on over here. I mean, for the while um, that I've been here, I came here on Saturday and uh, for a while, um, I've just been dealing with the Seagulls, who I have to say have been really fantastic and have really lived up to Anthony Seabold's promise that he's made to promote the game in Vegas. They've been very open with their media, open with their training sessions. Um, we saw Luke Brooks even uh, training by himself yesterday. We we initially weren't even invited to that training session and they said, no, no, come on in Um so they've been really open here. And then yesterday we had the Rabbitohs and the Roosters touch down. The Broncos have arrived today. So now it feels like it's suddenly gone from, oh, you know, Vegas, NRL is kind of in Vegas to I feel like the NRL is everywhere in Vegas. Anytime you walk down the strip, you can now see jerseys. Like every few metres that you walk, you can find someone with a jersey. It is quite incredible. Well, I must say that the coverage here down under comes across as exactly that of a real festival. And you've said it's kind of now that all teams are in town, that that is what it's like on the ground. You see the jerseys. I wonder what the breakdown is there between, I guess, you know, Aussie tourists and expats compared to locals. Have you spoken to many locals, Jaleesa? Are they aware of this event? Are they engaged with this event? Jules, the locals are so friendly. They come up to me constantly. Like, we're filming a lot here in terms of, like, we're filming a stories we're filming for sunrise we're filming for 6 p.m news they are constantly coming up here to me and asking what's going on now i have to admit all the people in jersey they are all australians and i they're all ones that have actually traveled so it is incredible and a pretty big testament to the game that i think there's about forty thousand australians that have actually uh 14 australians that have actually traveled um those are the figures that i had from the nrl to come over here to see um, the game, uh, you know, that is a testament to the strength of the fan base that they will travel and from all different clubs. But the interesting thing now is that because they are here and they are in jerseys, what I've noticed is all these Americans are asking them what's going on. And then they go, oh, when is that? Oh, can I go to the get? Like, are there still tickets left? So even yesterday when I'm on top of the Mandalay Bay Resort doing waiting to do the live cross at midnight. There were these manly fans, this lovely couple, and there were Americans coming up and asking me what was happening. And these manly fans were getting old clips of players up to show them on their phone what was happening. And they're like, oh, so they don't wear pads. They don't wear helmets. Like, mm. they're really fascinated by that. So it's almost as though the fans have become just as big, as big of ambassadors as the game, as the players that are over here. <laughs> Trying to sell Wombat E to the locals is quite funny. I feel like I'm the only one not there. <laughs> but it, it's interesting, you know, trying to explain it to the locals. Because I've been to the States a couple of times and... It's funny as an Australian, you go over there and you kind of, in a sense of pride, talk about how dangerous this country is. 
Oh, the spiders that you know they'll kill you by looking at you. Oh, the jellyfish. <laughs> no, 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 don't even you know, glance in that direction. You're dead. That sort of thing. And to explain rugby league to the locals, as we've seen in the promos, what you know, high contact, high collision, no pads. Are you crazy? You, you sort of say it, don't you? Like almost with a sense of superiority. Yeah, yeah, and they they come up to me and have asked that. They've been like, so they don't. We have seen like they don't wear pads. They don't wear helmets. So that messaging. Um, has definitely got through. But the Americans, one thing that keeps popping up is trying to distinguish it between rugby. So when I'm explaining it, they go, that well, first of all, they tell me they know what they're talking about. They go, oh, yeah, rugby. And they go, yeah, the All Blacks. Mm. Everyone has said that, which is a testament to the strength of the All Blacks like, brand yeah. that are around the world. But sort of I go, oh, kind of, but it's a little bit different. And you just equate them to the NFL players. And one of the really funny questions that Tom Trebojevic got in the press conference yesterday from the local media was like comparing them to the Kelsey brothers. They were like, (laughs) so which one's Travis and which one's Jason? And he said, I think we're all Jason. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny, actually. And the thing about it is, I mean, it's, it's quite a contrasting character. You know, Tom is sort of this, you know, quietly spoken, polite young kid, comparing him to the more boorish and boisterous Jason Kelsey. But sometimes you have to, I suppose, frame it in terms that they understand. And there has been this ongoing debate as to the best way to brand the sport in America. Because, you know, they, they don't call their football, American football, they refer to it as the NFL and the basketball's the NBA. So maybe looking down the track, and this appears to be a long-term project by Peter Volandis in the Australian Rugby League, Commission that you do from here on in call it NRL rather than try to have to constantly differentiate between rugby and rugby league. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad way at the moment when you say rugby league. And if they do think of rugby initially, then then explaining it. I don't think it's the worst thing at the moment. But yeah, down the track, you'd much rather than think of NRL as um, its own separate brand but um you know it's really funny at the moment it just feels like we're living in kind of a rugby league vegas bubble i've got no idea what's been going on in the outside world and the players are really um enjoying that as well like that i was speaking to latrell mitchell last night he i've never seen him so up and about like he was he's just so excited and for a guy that um in the whole time that i have always known him has always just loved um, being at home, being on the farm. I thought this would be his worst nightmare, but he is um, absolutely embracing it all. And one thing that he is loving is he said, no one knows who I am. Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about it is, I mean, you know, players are custodians of the game. And I think they do have a responsibility to promote it. And it sounds like they're doing it well. And speaking of South Sydney, I saw the footage of someone, what, in some kind of shotgun chapel, got walked in the aisle by Reggie Rabbit. You know you've arrived when that happens. Yeah, exactly. That's a very, there's very Vegas, isn't it? But um, yeah, the pl- the players have been, I mean, I think there was a few eyebrows raised when everyone said, uh, let's take the NRL to Vegas, you know, with some of the reputation that the NRL has had in the past. But the players that are over here, like these four teams realistic can, realistically can win a premiership. Like it, it, it isn't, or make the grand final at the very least. It isn't out of the question. So these uh, players are taking it very seriously. They um, are also a lot of them are family men, like they've brought their families over with them to have this experience. So um, I've really dealt mostly with the Seagulls because they have been based here the whole time. And I think they have been um, really great ambassadors um, for the game. And Jason Saab, I have to say, 
has um, done so much local media. Like, he has done uh, breakfast TV. He's done um, sports shows. He's done radio shows. He's done so much local media and spoken so well. And a couple of people back home said to me, oh, Jason Saab, like, couldn't they use Tom Trebojevic? They don't know who Tom Trebojevic is. They don't care. Like, as long as they've got someone who's speaking well about the game, which Jason Saab did and does, I think um, it was really, really well done by him. Correct. Although he did say that the four best teams in the competition were over there, which I thought was a slight stretch. But, hey, you've got to big up your own side, I suppose, at the end of the day. Look, What? Uh, what? Sorry, were you wanting the Dragons to be thrown in their jewels? Okay. I don't know. I'm just saying that, you know, the Melbourne Storm <laughs> might have something to say about that. But, hey, you did mention a lot of the locals are still very curious about this event. Am I right in saying, what, forty to 45,000 sold thus far tickets? Yeah, so the stadium holds 65,000, so obviously it's a little bit away from that at the moment but Vegas is the kind of place where I'm not sure if you've been Jules or, or the listeners have been have. but um, Vegas is the kind of place where you wake up on the day see how you're feeling and go <laughs> what do we want to do tonight Google yep cool that show's on oh there's a rugby league game on I think that there will be a lot of last minute tickets sold I, I hope that they get to selling out that stadium but to be honest the NRL aren't really concerned if they don't like they see this as this is a five-year plan for them. They've signed a five-year deal here. They see this as a stepping stone, and if it goes well, that's fantastic. But they would like the stadium at some point in that five years to be sold out. They're not. They're realistically, they are not too concerned if it's not right now. I think two thirds is is something to be triumphant about, personally. But uh, you spoke oh, incredibly. To, yeah, you spoke to Andrew Abdo. What do you think? Just. You know, now being on the ground and seeing what, I guess, the energy is like around the place and we're talking about walk-ups. And I suppose the TV ratings will paint a clearer picture, but what, what do you think a pass mark is for the NRL, for this venture? Um, look, I think those stadium numbers are probably um, up, up, you know, to, I, I agree with you. To have the stadium two-thirds full, I think um, that's an incredible achievement. But also... I think we're underestimating the impact that having the game in Vegas does on having on back home as well. Like, yeah, we want to, they, their ultimate goal is to grow the game in America, get an American audience in, um, which has a much larger population than Australia. But if you can break into those AFL states a little bit as well, that's also a win. And right now, the AFL is uh, getting towards the start of their season and NRL is running in every state in terms of news bulletins and everything like that. Like just having an American sport, uh, an Australian sport in America is news cutting through those AFL states in terms of a newsworthy sense. So I think what the promotion that it does for back home is not to be underestimated. Mm. You look, you can't knock big picture thinking. And, and I must confess to Jaleesa, at the start I was a bit cynical about this venture, but it's hard not to get swept up in the euphoria, such as the, the positivity and the, almost the saturation of the coverage. Yeah, I think it's something that the NRL can be really proud of. If they come home and everyone's, um, you know, had a good time over here, there's been two really good games, they've sold some tickets, they've sold some merchandise, they've got a few more fans in. Um, I think this was a very brave decision um, of this administration, which we have seen them do several times, and I think it could be the start of something special. Any mail or any info or news that you can give us before we say farewell? 
Um, just to, just sort of briefly what I mentioned before, Luke Brooks uh, is looking okay at the moment. I was a bit, a bit concerned yesterday. Um, it looked like he was warming up separately to the um, to the team, and then when I went back, he was actually training separately. Um, and obviously, this is his first hit out with the club. He he wants to be on the ground as quickly as he can, but he says it's just a little niggle. He won't reveal what it is, but um, yeah, I think he'll be right to go. And super coaches will probably want to know that. <laughs> yes, there you go. Nice to see that you're considering all those are playing super coach for season 2024. Well, listen, the last time I was at Las Vegas, I saw the great Wayne Newton at the Stardust. So in the words of the crooner, I'll say Dankeschön to you, Jaleesa Rapp. Stay safe, enjoy the football, safe travels, and we'll catch you when you get home. Thank you, Jules. Bye. There she is. Jaleesa Rapp from the Seven Network.